0: In the fifteenth year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judah, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Icheria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, o Please be seated. <clears throat> Let us pray. In your tender compassion, Lord God, You sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the dawn from on high that breaks upon us, that shines light upon all who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, who guides our feet in the ways of peace. Guide us now, dear Lord, with this word that you have given us. Strengthen us by its power, by your grace. Come, Lord Jesus, into this place. And bless us as we go forth into your world. We pray all of these things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Advent, this season of the church year that we are currently in, is a season of expectation. A season of signs. It's a penitential season where we reflect on the reality that God has called us into as children and as heirs of the promise of salvation. It's a season where we look forward to Christ's second advent, His coming at the last day to set all of creation right and to destroy the powers of sin and death. Much like in the same way Easter is framed around the 40 days of Lent that come before As a period of reflection on our sins, as a time of prayer for repentance, Advent reshapes the way that we look to and look for the Christmas to come. Last week, our gospel lesson recorded Jesus' explanation of the signs that would indicate the coming of God's kingdom. And we saw that because of Jesus' birth, life, death, and resurrection, that kingdom is already here. And today again we read from Luke and find it recorded that just like there are signs in the sun and the moon and the stars that point to Jesus' coming, there are also signs that happen among us that point to the advent of Jesus' return. Thus says the Lord, See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure that day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Malachi's prophecy that we read today in our first lesson speaks not of the Messiah himself but instead of a messenger, a messenger who would come and prepare the way of the Lord, that prophecy understood by Luke, is fulfilled in John the Baptist, who proclaimed a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, who prepared the way for Jesus to come. (coughs) John's father, Zechariah, is the one speaking this prayer, this blessing, that we find in the place of our psalm today from Luke chapter 1. Zachariah was a priest, advanced in age, who was told of the upcoming birth of his son by the angel Gabriel, much like Mary was told of the birth of Jesus. And much like Abraham and Sarah, when told of this miraculous birth to come, Zechariah questioned how these things would be. Gabriel reprimanded Zachariah for his unbelief and caused him to be mute. So for the entire nine months that his newborn son was growing in the womb of his wife Elizabeth, Zechariah could not speak. But after the young boy is born, and when all the family gather around to hear what this boy's name will be, Zechariah writes his name, is John. And the first words out of his mouth is this beautiful song we read. Nine months, nine months of expectation of being unable to speak after year and year and year of being unable to have children. This new father is filled, is filled by the power of the Holy Spirit and speaks a blessing a blessing on his newborn son, and a blessing on the ministry that he will carry out, a ministry that God has prepared for him. And you, child, will be called prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the ways of peace. There's a, a painting from the early 1500s that depicts the crucifixion. It's long, probably about the width of the altar. And not very tall, probably about from here to the floor. That's been made famous over the years because it's been the subject of many illustrations and sermons. This painting depicts Jesus near the moments of his death, surrounded by darkness. The only light that seems to come comes from the cross. And around that cross is Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the beloved disciple, off the one side. On the other side, stands John the Baptist, with his hand extended, pointing to Jesus as he hangs from the cross, his index finger much longer than we think they should be, with the words written above his head, He must increase, and I must decrease. John points to the salvation that his father prophesied, blessed him that would come. The dawn from on high that breaks upon all of creation and gives light to those who sit surrounded in darkness and the shadow of death. John points to Jesus who guides our feet in the ways of peace. He points to Jesus who refines us with the fire that purges away the evils of this world, who washes away the impurities of sin and death. Who makes us clean with a fuller's soap. Clean, whole, and holy. John lived in the wilderness pro- proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, wearing camel's hair and eating locusts and wild honey because he was preparing the way of the Lord until the time would arrive that the Lord Jesus would come. Luke, in this lesson today, after listing these great kings, these emperors, these governors and rulers, high priests and officials of the church who carried immense power in that land. Luke's gospel then turns to this man living in the wilderness, the son of a priest, a man who received the word of God. Luke emphasizes in this passage That God does not always choose to work through the positions of power and authority. But instead of those who come from a humble origin. A theme that we again see at the birth of Jesus. Here lies the king of all creation. Vulnerable. Lying in a manger, in a stable. God equips and calls people such as this to prepare the way of the Lord, and by our baptism we have been called and equipped to do the same. We, like John, are called to point with that long, bony finger to the Christ who is to come, to Jesus, the mighty Savior from the house of David, who saves us from our enemies and the hands of all who hate us. Whose sandals we are not worthy to untie. We, like John, proclaim that God was crucified for us, died for us, and was raised from the dead, and lives now and forever for us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors, and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham. So sings Zechariah. And we, like John, preach a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, a washing away of sin and death, a washing for the purification of our lives, because the Lord God of Israel has looked favorably upon His people and redeemed us. We, like John, are invited by the power of the Holy Spirit to prepare the way of the Lord in a wilderness until He should come again. to lift up the lowly, to humble the proud at heart, to heal the crookedness, the pain, and the evils of this world. We have been rescued from the hands of our enemies and can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness all of our days. We, like John, have been given the blessing of seeing the salvation of God in Christ Jesus. And we, like John, have the freedom and the ability to show all flesh what God has done for us and what God is doing for us. What God will do through us. In times of affliction, times of illness, times of utter confusion at what is going on in our homes, our communities, our nation, and our world. In times where people are gunned down at their work or while attending a concert or where disease breaks out or countries succumb to a war torn reality, the prayer offered often for healing, for comfort, for a reminder of the hope that God does all of these things for us is simply three little words Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, is a cry for the kingdom of God to overturn the corruption and violence of this world. Come, Lord Jesus, is a call for the Spirit of God in Christ to baptize all of creation in repentance, in mercy and forgiveness, in healing and in hope. Come, Lord Jesus, is our prayer during this Advent as we await the coming of Christ our King born of a virgin and seated at the right hand of God. Come, Lord Jesus, is our prayer, each and every day as we live into the holiness and righteousness that God has prepared for us. Come, Lord Jesus, is the prayer we offer. Each Sunday in our worship, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Come, Lord Jesus, into our homes, into our lives, and into our hearts. Fill us with your peace, strengthen us by your grace, and continue your good works in and through us. Come, Lord Jesus, and bring it to completion by the day of your coming. Hear our prayer that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help us to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ, we may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through you, Jesus Christ, for the glory and praise of God. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.